0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Recently, uh, I saw Spider-Man: uh, Homecoming. I saw it uh, with a couple of people. Since then, and and there's a scene in the movie. Let me tell you about it. It's not going to ruin it for anybody that wants to see it. But there's a there's a scene in the movie where Spider-Man uh, he gets taken up really high and he has a parachute on and, and the parachute goes off and it pulls him back to earth. Right and, and and you know he can't get underneath it, so he's sort of falling and he falls into uh, this lake and the parachute wraps around him and he can't breathe. Now while Spider. Spider-Man can't breathe, right? He sort of gets to the end of the scene, and I don't want to really ruin it for you, but he he lives. So, so he gets, he, it's in the middle, it's not the end. So he, he he gets out of there, and did you know that when they got Spider-Man out of the water, I suddenly realized that I was holding my breath? <laughs> and when they rescued him, it was like they were rescuing me, and as soon as he could breathe, I was like, <sighs> Like that, and I realized that I was holding my breath the whole time. Now, I don't know if you ever do that, but it. Look, it doesn't help you. It, it doesn't help you. It definitely doesn't help the character in the movie because they've already filmed it. So it's not helping anybody. But do you know when, when you see that kind of you know scenes on TV or even if it's just an action scene and you're not really sure what's about to happen next? Am I the only one that holds their breath sometimes? You guys do that too, a couple people. So I just hold my breath, right? Because I'm sort of getting a, a little bit anxious about the outcome. And did you know that there's what the word anxious means. The word anxious, it means to be uh, worried about or or, or concerned about an uncertain outcome. And I just thought, wouldn't it be good where even though we had uncertain outcomes in life, if we didn't know everything that was going to happen, despite that, if you could just breathe and not be anxious and not worry about everything that was going to happen around you, if you could just breathe and relax even though you don't know what's going to happen next, I feel like that would put you in a good place. And I've been praying about this message this week. And I'm telling you right now, I'm so glad you're at church today because I really believe that for some people that are getting a little bit concerned about uncertainty in the future, that today you're going to breathe. You're going to breathe and God's going to fill you. You're going to walk out of this place relaxed and my message there is really simply breathe. So I want to read a scripture to you. It comes out of Hebrews. It comes out of Hebrews chapter uh, 6. And it says this in verse 13. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear... He swore by himself. He wasn't by himself swearing. He was was swearing by his own name. And he says, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Verse 16. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly, to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set Before us, Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I really believe that today you're going to help people to breathe easy in their situations and their circumstances. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, would you just open our hearts and minds today as we sit here and listen to what your word teaches. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, There is often a gap between expectations and reality. Have you ever found that? There is a gap between your expectations and reality reality. I feel like I don't even need to explain that to you guys today. I feel like you absolutely understand that. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, a, you know, a, a parent and you, you already understand this principle, um, have you ever decided to take a holiday uh, with your kids? And in your mind, you said, look, we're going to drive down to the coast and it's going to be a beautiful day and, and the sun's out and you're expecting great things, right? But about 15 minutes into that car journey, it's like, dad, he's looking at me. Dad, they're touching me. Dad, He's he you know he's breathing in my space, Dad. When are we going to get there, Dad? I don't like it, Dad. I'm hungry, Dad. When are we going to get there? I've repeated that one on purpose because oftentimes you hear it, right? And and, and so you know you you pictured in your mind this beautiful uh, holiday with the family, and by the time you get there, you when you left and you were in the car, you thought you wanted to spend time together. By the time you arrive, you say, all right, so let's just chill out for a little bit. Let's go our own separate ways. Unfortunately, they're children, so you need to hang on to them, you know but oftentimes there is a a gap between your expectation and your reality because things don't always go the way that you want them to. In 2017, our theme for this year is crossing over. And The reason that we had this theme is because uh, the previous year we talked about God was restoring dreams to people, but how many of us would understand that dreams aren't supposed to stay dreams when they come from God? There's meant to be a point where that dream becomes reality. And here's what I believe, and I've said this many times, but uh, dreams and visions are the language of the Spirit of God. And so oftentimes people will get dreams and pictures of the future and places where God may want to take them. But it's not supposed to stay like that. It's not supposed to stay is a dream. You're meant to eventually cross the line where those things become reality. And hence the reason that we called 2017 Crossing Over. And it's July and it's the middle of the year. And I just thought I would check in with everybody today and say, how is that going? I wonder how that's going for you. I wonder if all the things that you had in your heart at the beginning of this year have become reality i wonder if they've become real for you just yet or are you still waiting i always would like to remind people <clears throat> that god doesn't sell microwaves he sells crock pots yeah. some of you didn't realize that god even sold anything but <clears throat> he doesn't sell microwaves and I like to buy microwaves because I like, I like the instantaneous blessing of God. But here's what I've learned. There's a discrepancy because oftentimes he favors slow cookers. He likes the things that happen. Now, I don't really know who said this. Uh, someone at some point in history said that timing is everything. It's absolutely true. I remember years ago, I took a holiday with, with my family And uh, we were when we were little kids, and we went to the beach uh, one day. And I like to go, you know, bodyboarding. So I'd get my bodyboard, and I would head out. And uh, I remember this one particular day, uh, my dad he decided to uh, come out for a swim in the ocean. Miracles do happen, and uh, I don't know. It's like you get to a certain age, and suddenly you don't want to go in the water anymore. I don't understand that either, but but it happens. And so. you know, so I, I, I'm out the back, and, and, and my dad decides to come out and and, and help me. And so he, he said to me, he said, Hey, hey Ben, would, how would you like me to help you catch uh, a wave? I said, Yeah, um, yeah sure, Dad, I, I, I'd love your help. He says, Okay. And so as this wave started to to pitch up, he grabbed the bodyboard that I was on and he just pushed me like as hard as he could, just pushed me, right? I tell you what, that was so much fun. I, I shot right out in front and then I just kind of stalled. And if you've ever tried to catch a wave, I sort of looked behind me and this monster of a wave started to suck up all this water and I'm dead in the water, just not moving right. And then I was in the perfect position for this, like all this water to come crashing down on on top of me, and I can't really tell you what happened after that, because it was like sun and sky, and then it was like sand, and I was upside down and just tumbling around there, right? And you think, you think that I'm making this up. I'm not. During this time, there must have been like a crab migration or something under the water. I tell you the truth, right? The floor was covered with with crabs, and so when, when I first went down in the water, this is not important, but it's interesting. So when when I went down into the water, they were nipping me. It's true. I had little nipper marks on me. I had a cut on my little toe, and, and so they cut me. And I got up and I, I sort of got to the beach, and I was I was sort of I was sort of like half drowned and like just lying on the beach, sort of catching my breath again. And uh, you know what? What really could have been a, a smooth transition. Ended up being extremely painful because what happened is I moved ahead of the right timing and it became crushing for me. And I think that oftentimes this can happen with people where sometimes we're waiting on God and he appears slow. Have you ever had that? Where God just looks like he's not really doing anything. In fact, that may be the situation that you're in. God actually is not doing anything. At least nothing that you're aware of. I always, I always say this. What, what do you get as a gift for the guy that has everything? An alarm clock because he always feels late in my life. I always feel like God you you're not answering me at the right time and so so if you could just show up when I think that I need you most that would be of such great benefit to me. Now I've heard pastors say this before and they say, "Hey, guess what? Hey, it's okay, just relax, relax because delay is not denial." And I often this is often the way I explain that. I know delay is not denial, but when he's not answering you, it might as well be. Because you know how you have no frame of reference. Delay is not denial, but until there's a point of breakthrough in your life, you don't know that it's not denial. You're still waiting. And sometimes while you wait, you think to yourself, ah, oh, maybe he's not coming. Maybe maybe it's what God said he was going to do. He's not really gonna do because waiting, it just feels the same as denial. Did you know that when God came to Abraham and he made him a promise? He gave him a ridiculous dream, a ridiculous dream that he would be the father of a multitude, that he would have descendants that would be like the sands on the shore, that it would be like the stars in the heavens. He gave him a ridiculous dream. And it says that Abraham believed God and he counted it to him as righteousness. When God makes you a promise, it's just good to believe him. So Abraham did that. Now, Here's what it says immediately after that. I love the New Testament rendition of the of the story of Abraham in verse 15 it says and thus Abraham having waited patiently obtained the promise. And I read that and I thought, "Whoa, ho- now hold up a minute. Did he really? I love the New Testament rendition that you know, it kind of skips over some of the details. Some of the important details you might want to pay attention to oh he waited patiently did he and he f- attained the promise what a beautiful story except that no he does eventually wait patiently but in between having that word being spoken over him and it coming to pass he actually had to wait he had to wait 25 years for Isaac to come and along the way he got impatient and he moved ahead of God's timing and he produced the child through his maidservant Hagar and that child's name was Ishmael and Ishmael was not the promise and what he was trying to do was to find a way to move ahead of God's timing in his life to force the miracle because it wasn't happening in the time that he wanted it to happen. There is a gap between your promise and a gap between your answer and every single Christian that's in this place and even if you're not a Christian, guess what? Same rules apply, everybody is going to face that gap between what God says you can have and when it becomes a practical reality in your life. And every day you make small decisions that contribute greatly to you going closer to that dream. Now, I want to say something that's incredibly important that you understand that. Handle the gap or the gap will handle you. You got to handle the gap or the gap will handle you. See, a prolonged gap creates uncertainty. Is he really coming? Is he really going to show up? Is he really going to do it? It creates uncertainty about your future. Do you know what we call that? Anxiousness. It's anxiousness. Anxiety about what might happen, what God might not do. You know, when I was 15 years old, I went on work experience and... uh, I had a terrible experience. I started working for this company uh, in, just down here in, in Boronia, and there was an office environment. And what, the first day that I started, they, they took me in and they introduced me to the whole office. And they said, This is Ben, he's work experience uh, student. He's going to be with us for the remainder of the week. And there was a lot of people, and they all met me. And then one of the guys yelled out from the back, uh, uh, How old are you? I said, Oh, I'm 15. I kid you not, these are the next words I heard. He says, well, my da- daughter is dating a 15-year-old, and if you were that guy, I'd break both your legs. And I thought, I don't think I'm going to work over here away from that man. That was the beginning of a series of events that unfolded, and I had the worst day, the worst experience that a a person could have. This was all on on day one. They kept on setting me up to fail. And when I did, they were getting in my face about it. And so I remember at the very end of the day, they were making jokes and, and, and making fun and doing stuff all day. It got to the end of the day, and I made some joke. I, I don't know what it was. I said, some joke about really enjoying going home, looking forward to really going home. Everyone laughed. They said, they said oh, finally, the kid's relaxing, right? So then I will go in there the next morning, and no one talked to me. I said, excuse me, and they, gave me all, they gave, all gave me the cold shoulder. And then the CEO or the manager He came and got me, and he was this big Italian man, and he came and he said to me, you come with me. I said, okay, and he took me into the boardroom, and he yelled at me for what felt like about two hours, and I I couldn't figure out what was going on, and and his whole line was that we're a nice, respectable company, and last night as you were leaving, you really disrespected us, and he yelled at me for about two hours, so I didn't go back. (laughs) I left. I didn't go back. So because this happened, I had to report it to the school, and then the school said, well, we need some kind of meeting where we have reconciliation with these people. So at the appointed time, a couple of weeks later, I had to go up to the office to meet with the principal, my parents, and these people. And so I left school, and I was on my way there, and uh, the principal and my parents were already at the office, and I nearly ran into them in the car park. And something happened to me, And it's never really happened since in quite this way but when i visually saw the person that yelled at me for two hours and 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 kind of abused me in that way when i saw him i suddenly felt like kind of weak and i couldn't catch my breath and i actually hid i hid behind a a wall and i waited till they had gone in Before I walked in, because I'm 15 and they're huge, and I didn't want to meet them in the car park before we went in, and I was a little bit anxious because I didn't know what was about to go down next, but I had an experience that taught me that maybe I was right to be anxious. Have you ever had something like that happen to you where it's literally sucked the breath out of you? It sucked the life out of you where you became so anxious about something because you didn't know what was going to happen next? Did you know in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, it's a collection, it's probably more like a collection of the sayings of Jesus and, and the teachings of Jesus, and they put it all together. But would you be aware that the greatest portion of scripture in the Sermon on the Mount is devoted to anxiety? Did you know that? Jesus spoke about so many things, and yet this one thing, anxiety, is something that he gave a lot of consideration to. I want to read part of it to you today. It says, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Great. You can all go home. It keeps going. What you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you put on. Is not this life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you a little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows. Say, nows. knows. Your heavenly Father knows you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 34 Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus devotes this significant passage of scripture about not being anxious. Did you know that there are over a hundred symptoms to being anxious? And one of the most common ones is being short of breath. It's like you just can't sort of breathe properly because you're worried about what might happen. What could happen tomorrow? What could make you anxious tomorrow? This is the story of, of Sarah and Abraham or Sarai and Abram. In Sarah's impatience, she says, oh yeah, I'll, I'll obtain this promise that we will have children because they were barren. They didn't have any children. And, and it's, they're getting late in life. And so she says, it's not happening. So what am I going to do about it? She says, I know how to make the promise a reality in my life. I know how to do this, right? Uh, Abraham, I want you to sleep with my servant Hagar. Abraham's like, well, you know, if I have to. And he does. And they produce a child and that child's name is Ishmael, but it was wrong. See, what happens when you become impatient is it leads you to a place where you can become disobedient. And you start to try to move ahead of God. And what could be a really good, smooth transition in your life for the next season, if you tried to move ahead of God and do it and produce the miracle on your own, could end up being completely crushing for you. Now, before you go ahead and judge Abraham, you're like, yeah, I guess he should have just stuck around and waited. Where is his faith at? Do you know the history of this man? Do you know that when he was called by God to leave where he was, he was already a blessed man. And God said, leave all of this and go to a place that I will show you. In other words, he hadn't even shown him the place when he left. Now, if I said, go to a place and I'll tell you, I'll meet you somewhere. Well, where are we going to meet? Well, start going and I'll meet you there. You'd say, that's insane. We need a destination. Abraham didn't say that. He said, all right, God, at your command, I'll do it. Did you know back then, there's no Bible. This is before Genesis is even written. I know Genesis begins before this event, but Genesis is written by Moses, and that happens after this place. So he doesn't have the scriptures where he can look back and say, oh, you were faithful here and here and here. Not like we do. Now, he made a decision because he heard the voice of God, and he said, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do everything. And it took 24 years 24 years for God to come back and say, now I'm going to make good on that promise. Abraham was so disillusioned, he starts trying to talk God out of it. He actually says to him, well, what do you think of Ishmael? Why don't we just work with this? And God says, why are you trying to settle for less than what I promised you? It's funny how when God makes a promise to you and it takes a long time for it to come to pass, how you try to settle for something less than what he really said in the beginning. You just sort of lower your expectations to meet your circumstances. When really what God said is what God said. You know, God spoke to Abraham so many times. Well, on this one particular occasion, when he shows up after Abraham had already made the mistake with Ishmael in the 24th year of waiting, he's 99 years old. The Bible said that he was as good as dead and they weren't talking about his age. If you don't understand what I mean, he was kind of like, I know he could walk around, but he's kind of dead from the waist down if you get what I'm saying. He said, this is going to have to be a miracle for me to have a child. And at this point... It's just the Bible, guys. At this point, I just want to be faithful to the scriptures. He comes to him and says, no, 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 you're still going to have that child. Don't try to settle for Ishmael. No, you're still going to have this child, this promise. At this point, God comes to him and he introduces himself as the Lord God Almighty or El Shaddai. And this is the very first time you ever see the word El Shaddai in the Bible. It means the Lord God Almighty. See, I think sometimes what happens is when you're waiting for God to do something in your life and you feel like he's taking a long time, if you had a bucket of faith with every passing season and year, it's like it just puts holes in the bottom of your bucket. You believed God and he counted it to you as righteousness, but five years later, there's all these holes in the bucket because he didn't do it in your timing. He didn't do it when you said. And I think that the reason why God introduces himself as El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, this is the first mention of El Shaddai in the Bible. I think the reason why he does it here in this place is because it's kind of like God coming to you and saying, Hey, I am just as capable now as the time when I made that promise to you. And just because you've had seasons of delay and you've had days without answers, don't start to lower your expectations or move ahead of my timing. I am just as capable now as the moment that I made that promise to you. So why should you begin to settle for less? Just because you had to wait. Waiting is just part of what happens. It's just part of the process. And I don't know why he made Abraham wait. I don't know why he did it. But I tell you what, that's just life sometimes. And if you want my advice, don't always try to figure it out because you don't actually have all the information to figure it out in the first place. You'll go around that mountain in circles. Well, God, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening, right? Just keep doing the right things and believe that God is going to bless you because he's going to fulfill the promise that he made to you. And I'm just wondering what's been putting holes in your faith. What's been putting holes in your faith? Where's your focus shifted to? I wonder what you're worried about tomorrow. What are you anxious about tomorrow? Because if you can trust God tomorrow, you can breathe easy today. You get that? If you can trust God tomorrow, you can breathe easy today. You might actually enjoy this life. Did you know that God wants you to enjoy life? It's it's not supposed to be all hard work and feel hard. That's not life. God says that you should have an abundant life. Look at his original intention was that there would be an abundance of Of incredible things. He places Adam in the garden. There's just blessing everywhere. You should know that what God really wants to do is bless you in life. I just feel like some people might be getting robbed of blessing because they're so worried about tomorrow. They're not breathing easy today, but what you need is really peace. Did you know Isaiah 9 verse 6 says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? Your King, the Prince of Peace. How about that? He's the Prince of it. Do you know that Ephesians 2.14 says, Jesus, that he is our peace. He's our peace. Because, you know, for thousands of years, people tried to have this perfect relationship with God and discovered that they couldn't on their own merit. God already knew that. So thank God he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for the mistakes that we made in our lives. And he said, if you call on his name, you will be forgiven and you can have peace between me and you. That's the gospel message. He's the Prince of Peace. He is our peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts to which you were called. Did you know that the peace of God is supposed to rule your heart? I wonder what's been ruling your heart. I wonder what's been ruling your spirit. I wonder what you've been most concerned about. Because you've been called to let peace rule your hearts. Called by God to have the Prince of Peace rule as supreme over your life. And I'm wondering how much peace you're missing out on because you're uncertain about tomorrow. See, I think the reason that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't be anxious about tomorrow is because well, he's already there. And because he's already there, he already knows what he's going to do. See, so it's all perspective thing. See, when he says to you that I'm going to come and I'm going to bless you, he stands in the future where it's a practical reality because time doesn't exist for God. But from your perspective, you say it hasn't happened yet. And God says, but with certainty it will. But I wonder how much peace you're losing, how much sleep you're losing at night, how much worry you have, how much anxiety fills your life because there's all this uncertainty about tomorrow. But if you trust God tomorrow, you could breathe easy today. You could. Did you know the Hebrew word for spirit means breath? Every time you see the word spirit Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter, same thing. Every time you see the word spirit, it means breath. Here's what Job said about that breath. He said, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now here's my prayer for you all this week. That God's going to breathe life into you this morning. He's going to breathe life into you. Some people are worried and they're anxious about stuff. What might happen tomorrow? I don't know, but I know God will be in it. I know that he'll be there. And I know that what he wants to do for you today, he's going to breathe life into you. This whole passage of scripture we read out of Hebrews, you know what it really is? It's really Paul just writing to Christians that already believe in God. And he's writing it, To tell them and to convince them that if God said that He'll do it, then He's going to do it. Now, I like to call that simple, difficult. It is the simplest of things to understand that God is going to fulfill His promise, and it is the most difficult thing to wait for it. Simple, difficult conceptually very easy to understand. God will do something in your future. He will bless you. He will fulfill his promise to you, right? Difficult to wait for it. Difficult to wait for his timing leads you to a place of anxiousness about your future. You start to worry about an uncertain outcome. But before you worry, you should know that when God makes a promise, there are some unchangeable things about the promises that he makes. Did you know that? Because we read it this morning. He said, there are two unchangeable things. Number one, God never lies. How about that? God never lies. In fact, the passage that we read, it says that he swore an oath by himself because there was no greater name to swear by except his own. And he said, I promise on my own name that I will fulfill everything that I said to you. That's number one. Number two, God always has purpose in his promise. There's always purpose in his promise. And so while you're waiting, while you're waiting and you're thinking, I don't know, is he coming? Did he forget? Is he really gonna do it? Do you understand how much purpose is in your promise? Do you understand that when you're blessed, it actually affects the lives of people around you? And did you think for one minute that the sovereign Lord and God, who has been planning everything since the beginning of time, that he completely forgot about that blessing that was meant to be on you that actually affects a larger picture of things. But you think that he forgot? Did you know that you're the apple of his eye? You think about the millions of people around the world right now. Millions, billions of people. And you, he looks in on. You, he checks in on. You, he knows exactly where you're at. Every worry you have, every concern that you have, he knows exactly where you're at today. And any promise that he made, it's unchangeable. So you can spend all your time worrying about it. You can spend all your time getting anxious about it, but it's not going to add a single hour or span to your life. What you might be better to do is just breathe easy. Just relax. Because if you want to breathe easy, breathe easy, and you're in the gap, between the promise and the answer. If you're in that space right now, don't bridge that gap with fear. Don't bridge that gap with uncertainty. Don't bridge that gap with anxiety because you might just enjoy life between here and there if you understand that God is completely trustworthy. Completely trustworthy. You might just enjoy. Yeah, who knows? You could even actually enjoy the gap and breathe easy because you know he never lies. Just wait. Just wait. Just be obedient. I know you keep checking your watch. Hey, me too. Me too. Do you know, do you know my watch? It actually has these little notifications. It pops up, tells me to breathe. It's got something on the wrist here. And if I'm, my pulse is racing, it says, just breathe. So we're getting everybody eye watches. No, we're not doing that. But... And you have a watch, and you have a watch, and you have a watch. No, we're not doing that. But what we are doing is we're saying, here's better. Hey guys, you got something better than an iWatch. Hey, you got the word of God. And if you read this thing and you get this in your life, Man, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. Don't be impatient because if you're impatient, it might lead you to disobedience and you can't obtain squat with disobedience. You can't get anything that way. So you're waiting. Great. You're not sure about tomorrow. Okay. Breathe easy. Be obedient. Stay the course and never confuse God's timing for his ability. Never confuse God's timing for His ability because the moment that you do that, you start to manufacture your own blessing. Move ahead of God's timing. My kids, in the morning, no, if we can get a sleep in, we try. But I'm a light sleeper. Now I can hear my kids opening the cupboards and getting cereal out. Now I know that if I don't get up and do something, it's going to be more work later on. They're trying to pour their own cereal and the milk, right? But I just tell myself, I lie to myself. I say, it's going to be okay. Just go to back to sleep. But sure enough, my kids do I get up later. There's like Cheerios and milk everywhere. I walk out and I look at them and I think, ah, oh. I say, hey, I say, why'd you do this? Why'd you pour your cereal? And they say, I thought I could do it. I'm like, really? Since yesterday? Yeah. I thought I could do it. I said, kids are so cute. They're so funny like that. You know how they overestimate their capacity? They overestimate their ability of what they're able to handle. I've done that before. Remember the first time I went to the gym. Never been to the gym before in my life. Apparently I don't understand kilos. So what happened is I went into the gym and I laid down on the bench press and visually I thought I could lift it. First time in the gym. Must have been maybe 60 kilos on the bar or something. And, and uh, I've never done bench press before. I looked at it, I thought it was pretty light. So I, I actually lifted it off and it crushed me. And now I look like a complete idiot because I can hardly speak. I can't breathe, church. I can't breathe. I'm like, oh, somebody help me, somebody, somebody help me. Help me, right? Legs are like this, you know. It's like, you know, you got a picture in your head? Good. It's embarrassing for me, right? Somebody, somebody with a little more muscle came over and they said, what were you thinking? And they put the bar back up there. And I'm like trying to catch my breath again. I'm trying to breathe again because the wind was knocked out of me because I wasn't ready to do it yet. Now, I don't know why God hasn't answered your prayers yet, but maybe the reason he hasn't answered it is because you're not ready for it. And you're not ready for the weight of what God wants to bless you with. And if you try to move ahead of God's timing, you might discover that it's absolutely crushing for you. So in God's divine wisdom, And sovereign ability, he says, I'll wait for the perfect timing so you can make a smooth transition from where you are to where I want to take you to be. And what could have been crushing years ago right now, it's only going to feel like blessing. If you want my advice, don't move ahead of God. Wait for him. And just breathe. Just breathe. Just relax. He's got this, you know. He knows exactly where you're at. Because if you can trust God tomorrow, man, you'll breathe easy today. I want you sent to your feet. want to pray for you. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.